our mix this morning. Dow futures are up 89 points. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Tired of waking up hot and uncomfortable? Start sleeping cool on the Temper Breeze by Tempur-Pedic. It's engineered with a revolutionary cooling system that pulls excess heat away from your body to help you sleep deeper all night and wake up more refreshed every morning. During the Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep, save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and experience your coolest sleep this summer with our best breeze savings of the year. Learn more at TempurPedic.com. Lowe's wants you to bring the whole family back together this July 4th. We have new lower prices on select bagged molds starting at $2.88 a bag. And add some sizzle with $50 off select Weber Genesis gas grills. Make this holiday one worth remembering. The summer savings continue this July 4th. So stop by Lowe's in-store or online. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. While supplies last, selection and product availability vary by location. Balance 624 through 77. U.S. only. Mold chopper excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Harry Potter will be back on Broadway, but with changes. CBS News correspondent Deborah Rodriguez explains. The boy who lived, lives on. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child will return to Broadway in November as a condensed single show instead of a two-parter that used to run a total of five hours and 15 minutes. There's no word yet on how long the slimmed-down version will be and no word on changes to the story. But writers promise it will still include amazing magic illusion, stagecraft, and narrative. The show will continue to run as a two-parter in London, Melbourne, and Hamburg. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. New Jersey and Oregon are the only states in the nation that restrict customers from pumping their own gas. But that regulation has been suspended in Oregon until this evening because of the heat wave in the Pacific Northwest. Wendy Gillette, CBS News. Are you more than $10,000 in debt? Feel like you're on a never-ending treadmill, staying in one place and never getting ahead with those minimum payments? You feel like there's no way out? Don't let the credit card companies bully you anymore. There are programs in place to help you get free of your debt, and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. The program at Total Financial Freedom can help you get debt-free in months instead of decades. Get off the debt treadmill and stop the harassment. Get free of credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and medical bills. Call now at 800-533-6605 for free information. For about 10 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, too. Get off the endless cycle without having to declare bankruptcy. You'll have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Call Total Financial now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. Hello, my name is Kevin Tidd. My wife Carrie and I are the owners of the pharmacy on Stimson Avenue. For over half a century, we have been feeding the Athens community and providing customer service that is above and beyond your expectations. It has been our lifelong dream to run our own health and wellness store, and we enjoy doing so every day. Just like how we enjoy promoting our lifestyle on WATH and WXTQ Radio. Radio advertising has worked for us, especially in these trying times, and it can work for you and your business as well. Take it from us, Kevin and Carrie from the pharmacy. 
Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. That's Auto Smarts. Friday afternoons at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy. Cars, cars, cars. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress, 593-7393. That's 593-7393. Get the facts every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Skilled trade workers are the backbone of every community and also the Army National Guard. Soldiers trained to keep the power flowing, engines running, and in every other trade needed to accomplish the mission. These soldiers are on the fast track to learning skills that can set them up for success at home with companies looking to hire the best. Their resumes are being built through their paid training and part-time service. Find out how you too can learn a trade profession by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I-N-E-P-T Inept Tech Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf, the regular season is over. Your team has finished with a, another 0-10 record. What do you mean, another one? And I don't know if most of our fans realize the significance. Wait a minute, let's get back to that. What do you mean, another 0-10 record? Seems I recall the record at this time last year was the same as it is now. Oh, that's what you mean. I wonder if our fans realize the significance of the series between your team and Bungle State, coached by your brother, Nat Turf. Well, you know, they probably don't. You know, you got all your fierce foes. You got all your traditional rivalries. You play your arch rival there at the last ball game of the year. You know, you got your Harvards and your Yales. You got your Armies and your Navies. You got your East Cupcakes and your West Cupcakes. And some folks, they play for what you call your trophies for them arch rivals at the last ball game of the year, like your little brown jug. And, and some folks play for your old oaken bucket. And we got ourselves a trophy that we play for at this ball game, too. And it's just as significant as all them other trophies them other schools play for. You know, it goes back to when me and my brother Nat Turf, when we was kids all growing up, you know, we'd play a whole bunch of games. We'd play hopscotch. We'd play checkers. And we'd play marbles, especially marbles. We love playing marbles because we love shooting them marbles in there and knocking one another out of the circle of the marbles. And it seemed like every time I never could beat Nat in nothing. And it seems like I was always losing my marbles. So it was Nat's idea to come up with a trophy of a bronze bag of marbles, what we would give to the winner of the football game every year between NF Tech and Bungle State, and it seemed like every year, year after year, I done lose my marbles every year. And I guess uh, brother Nat Turf must have had to build some extra trophy cases for all of those marbles he's been collecting. And I'd really like to tell him where he could stick them marbles. 
And we'll be back with Coach Turf right after we pause for this message. And the Coach Hart Turf Show brought to you by Potpourri Bathroom Air Freshener. Be listening again. No, 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 no. Let's do the right one. Coach Turf, let's get back to last uh, weekend's ball game and talk about... Heartbreaking. It was a heartbreaking ball game. I've been looking up the records, and I don't think there's ever been a loss. We've suffered here at NAP Tech. There's any more heartbreaking than that one. Your team led most of the game and were ahead up until the last minute. 15 and 13, we was ahead and a couple penalties there at the end of the ball game. One of them was my fault. I got a little hot. You know, my, my red face must have turned red like a tomato or something out there. I was real mad. You know, I was real embarrassed when it was over. They called a penalty on me. Allowed their field goal kicker to kick another try at the field goal and he made it and we lost 16 and 15. Heartbreak. It was just heartbreaking. How were you able to establish that lead, coach? Well, it was a real fine game plan, what we put together going into the ball game. We uh, have a real fine center on our ball club, a fellow named of, uh, Hogan. Hike Hogan, we told Hike to go up there to the line of scrimmage before the play started and just hold on to that football and not hike it till he was good and ready and use up a whole bunch of time so our offense could control the ball, and it worked. We kept their offense on off the field. Their defense was on the field. Our offense was on the field, and their defense was on, and that meant that we had the ball most of the time. Well, I guess with an 0-10 record, uh, are you expecting any postseason football action? Well, I think that uh, we got just as much chance going to a bowl game as any other 0-10 team. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Once again, a beautiful morning, 79 degrees presently. They say it's going to get up to 91. It was pretty hot yesterday afternoon. By the way, Thursday. Well, no, even tomorrow we might have a few rain showers, but even more likely on Thursday. Today, of course, is Tuesday. And this is the party line on 97 AM and FM, the 97s. How did we ever get that worked out? I don't know. But uh, anyway, we did. Um, Let's see. So 97.1 on FM, 970 on AM. See what I mean? Okay. Did you fall asleep back there? (laughs) What was that? Did you? I think what? somebody's asleep in the studio. Uh, it has to be you then, and it's not uh, me. No, 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 no. Why? I I we, don't know. We had a caller a moment ago. We oh, did. There goes one. Okay. Let's uh, let's see what's on their mind. Let me get to the right switch. Here we go. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good night. I need a real fine ball game, gentlemen. A real fine ball game. <laughs> Gotta play a good fine ball game, please. Good yeah. good fine ball game. It was a fine ball game. 
What's up, gentlemen? I had nothing to do and nothing else to do except call you and check on you. This is J.W., the man from Athens, Ohio. Sirs. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> At your service. Yes, sir. What's a good word? How's the summer going? Well, <clears throat> see, I wasn't prepared to talk about that. Let me think here. The summer is going hot. Um, I think that's, is that good hot or bad hot, Dave Palmer? There is no such, uh, you know. Come on, Dave. Everything we- is relative. Weather is weather. And uh, I don't mind it hot. My wife has a little trouble with it. But, uh, yeah, I kind of like it. Weather is weather, but it's different, Dave. Really, it is. Okay. Man, I've been out in Las Vegas at 105 degrees with a suit on that didn't sweat. Come on now. Okay, the humidity. That's just saying, Dave. Just saying. Okay. Well, I, I, you know, now that you said it, it is what my wife complains about: the humidity, not the temperature. There you go. Listen so, to your wife; she's yeah. great. What's new for you? You know, all of my life, my teaching life, I have taught summers, and uh, a lot of my colleagues used to say, "You know, I'm not teaching. I'm going to take it easy." Mm-hmm. I had no idea what they were up to. I am enjoying this summer like I never have before and will never teach a summer class again in my life. Oh, so you have the uh, summer oh, break. Oh, my God, I'm loving it. I got I got it. Now I'm a little slow. It took okay, me well, to be about 60-something, Scott, so but I got it. what did you do last night? What did I do last night? Yeah, or the night before. Well, I mean, tell me what, it, what, what are these things. You know, things? that's what I like. I don't remember much, and it was all good. Uh-huh. I sat in my EC. I bought myself a new recliner, Dave Palmer, in the first time in like 10, 15 years. And I am still breaking that in, buddy. I sat down with the ceiling fan on the AC mm. and just relaxed is what I did last night, now that you ask me about it. Yes, sir. Bubba. Going up to Columbus today and have a little party, come back tomorrow, and try to keep Scott in line down here. It's a full-time job. Oh. Well, you know... 50,000 people. 50,000 50, people are going to be traveling this weekend or in the next few days. Mm. You know, on Father's Day, 50, I went 000. to Texas Roadhouse. I wasn't going to do it because I had went there the week before, but I just loved that place. And I had to wait over an hour for my table. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm talking about. It's <laughs> annoying, but I'm so glad to see it again. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. People everywhere. The nectar of the gods was flowing well. Yep. Mercy, mercy. Scott, you were reacting to the 50,000. It's 50 million. Uh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Triple A says 50, close to 50 million yeah, traveling. Mean, this morning we had a story on 47 million, but, I mean, they rounded it off finally. Yeah. yeah. 50 million, excuse me. Yeah. How do they know? But it's a good number. Well. <laughs> That's a nice round number. That's a nice round number. Get the dartboard out and start throwing a number. Pick a number. There you go. Yep. There you go. Well, how many rotations did your fan have overnight? <laughs> Ooh, you got me on that, buddy. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Oh, well. Um, well, I just wanted to check in and uh, say hi to you guys. Hadn't done so in a while. Uh, well, I don't think, no, I don't think that was any issue I really wanted to bring up. Um, oh, I did want to bring up one. A little more serious. I've got one for you, too, before you go. Which will be a little more debatable, probably. So I'm going to drop it and do one of my, as Rush used to call it, one of my drive-by uh, 
shots. But um, now remember, Scott Scott's got something to bring up after yeah, that. Yeah, I, okay. I'll give I'll give it. To, I won't hang up. I got you. Okay. But um, this is just me. I don't have any data. I don't have any rotation. I don't have any darts. But I believe the trustees brought in new, this new president at OU to to uh, to be a hatchet guy, to be the one to do the real cuts. So I'll just go on record as putting that out there. I think there's a lot of merit to that statement. Yeah. So that's what I feel. Now, what's up with you, Scott? Well, um, yeah, I've heard that from more than a few people as well. Huh. So I don't think you're too far off okay, the uh, good. That's center my of that sense. dartboard. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields, the well, new Chicago, Chicago Bears, sir. The Chicago, new Chicago Bears quarterback. That's right. Did you know that his jersey now is the second highest selling jersey of all NFL jerseys nice. right now? No, I didn't. How about right. that? Now, if he actually gets out there and does something that makes us happy as Bears fans, <laughs> that'll be great. Well, they got to let him, you know. Well, I it's mean, not a question of letting him. He's got to do it. Exactly. But so. they're going to stick Andy Dalton out there, who had how many years with the Bengals? Yeah, well, you know, he's experienced, though. You can't just throw a kid like that to the dogs. I so. don't know. I think you look at a comparison of athletic ability and he gets that playbook down, I think you're going to see great things happen. I understand, but I, I, uh, as much as I like Joe Burrow, I think back sometime, I wonder if it wouldn't have been in his best interest this city year. Uh, yeah, last year, but I, you know, I don't yeah. know. I hope you, I hope you'll be okay. Yeah, well, yeah, we all do, but you, you know as well as I do, if they, if they've got a franchise QB and they need someone to step in and take over, then uh, that's that's what they're going to do. Well, unfortunately, that's the new day. You know, the old yeah. coaches didn't care who you were. Exactly, you, know, you, you were going to sit. Yeah, so. you sat for a year or two. But I mean, I wouldn't. Ex- I mean, I wouldn't expect Joe Burrow to sit the whole year, but. Throwing him right out there to the dogs, but but yeah. I you know I'm looking. I hope uh, I hope Fields does something. I don't, I, you know, I still don't know what kind of quarterback he is. So I we'll see. He's only had a year and a half of ball. Uh, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what he's got. And well, he I just really, thought thought you he really know. hasn't played well in the big games. So we'll see. Yeah, well, you know, you put him on a good team. Uh, that's, in, in the that's NFL. Important. Yeah. That's, that's that important. A running game. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look at Joe Dave, Curry. go back to sleep. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I got <laughs> this is a sports fan. We just started early. That's all right. <laughs> Connor's absent, but um, let me. Um, Connor ain't Connor. got nothing on us. So. Connor's awesome. I Thank love you. Him. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you something. And yeah. I don't. Don't take it wrong, please. Without eyesight, without being able to watch TV. Yeah. Without, um, okay, so who is the best sportscaster, play-by-play type guy? Ooh, that's a great question. That you've had. Uh, that's a great question. Been exposed to. Um, that is a great question. Uh, okay, I'll say for these three sports, my the only three sports that I think are worth a darn, so. For baseball, I would say the best I've ever that I lo- that, that was so descriptive to me um, was uh, the guy in L.A. Vince Scully. Vin, yeah, two I was, was going to say he was amazing. Yep. For basketball, it was a guy in Chicago for a number of years. He died far too young. His name was Jim Durham. 
Jim was an amazing basketball announcer. Hmm. And then for football, I'll tell you, people don't think much about this, but I love um, Greg Gumbel. I love him. Yeah, he's good. I absolutely love him. Those are people who are descriptive without being hyperbolic to me. And they give me so much information, make me look like a like a like a like a uh, like a whiz kid when I just repeat the stuff they say. Mm. <laughs> hey, speaking of Chicago basketball, you know their uh, play-by-play guy right now. I think their play-by-play guy, Chuck Swirsky. Yeah, he's terrible. You don't like him? He's an OU grad. And he's terrible. You don't like Chuck? No, he's okay. absolutely terrible. All right. He's been terrible all his career. Yeah. Did you My know he was an OU grad though? Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. We turned out some good ones, but you wouldn't want them, in my opinion. <laughs> Just saying. Gentlemen, i got to run. Okay. Thanks right. for putting up with me. Thank okay. you, sir. Good to hear Bye. from you. Bye-bye. Thanks. 970-WATH. Good morning, Speak, folks. Speaking of Joe Burrow a moment ago, I uh, spoke with his dad uh, within last week with, with uh, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy says Joe's doing great in his rehab and healing up, and uh, he is fully confident he'll be out there at game one, beginning of the Bengals season. We saw his parents. See, this is. T- today's what? Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, so then it was Sunday night at a local restaurant. And it was nice seeing them. All right. Um, Back to the day is Tuesday. June 29th, as you were saying. Was I? Yes, you were. Today is National Camera Day. Dad would have liked that one. Indeed. Many years, folks, you may not be aware of this, but for many years he was, was he the official photographer of Ohio Athletics? Yes. Okay. Um, And then later... uh, also, the um, Copperheads. Yes. And um, he loved it. Loved being at OU Athletics sure. events, Copperheads games. He never missed one. That's right. He was always Don, looking forward to being there. Don Fucci was there, too, yep. and still is yep. when we play. <laughs> we should have been playing this year, but that's neither here nor there. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> but um, Dad was an army photographer too. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was. Uh, what kind of? Do you know what kind of equipment he had? Um, I don't. I I know he had a Kodak, a really well. It was state of the art equipment at the time. He was in the army in the uh, mid fifties, early to mid fifties. He graduated from uh, Athens High School 51, and he got drafted into the Army right after that. And, and then let me ask, in your home somewhere, is there some of this equipment? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to come see it. Yeah. Okay. So he he worked with Kodak equipment uh, primarily, I believe, at the beginning. And oh, some of the things he did in his duties, I've heard him say, was he flew around uh, different areas, of course, on Army transports, uh, and photographed, uh, unfortunately, uh, crashes. Mm-hmm. 
that happened, uh, photographed them from all different angles so the Army could determine what caused them. And that was part of his uh, duty as an Army photographer. And he he loved it. He didn't wasn't too crazy about going in the army, but he said that it's some of the best years of his life mm-hmm. be being in the service too. So he looked back on it very fondly with great uh, memories. Well, you know, I don't I don't want to I don't want to embarrass anybody in my family, but um. I was the first person to have had military service in my family for years, I mean, several generations, and I was drafted. And uh, my dad was uh, a little bit too young for World War I and a little bit too old for World War II. Uh, he was, uh, there was a brief period where he was being uh, courted, you might say, during World War II to do something special with his background, but that never panned out. Anyway, um, and oddly, you know, we hear a lot about PTSD. Yep. Post traumatic stress syndrome. And I have coming up several shows that we're going to talk about that as a topic right here on the party line. But uh, when you apply it to uh, military life, uh, it is a, a relatively common. Um, uh, common thing among former military members. Yeah, especially those that have seen combat. Well, I was obviously. just going that direction. Okay. Now, you know, I did not. And um, the real horrors of being in the military and in a fighting situation. Um, I never had that. Um, anyway, well, I'm <coughs> we were kind of digressing just a bit, digressing. but you know, that goes with what we started out talking about. We do have a caller. Okay. Good morning. <clears throat> Hello. Good morning. Hello. Oh, maybe I dropped him. Let's Hello. Try, let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> a while back you were asking for topics for your program. Okay. And I don't know who would be someone you could access, but this recent thing, that's critical race theory. Are you aware of that? I don't know. Critical? Critical race theory or something of that nature okay. where they're teaching that in schools and now it's become this big hotbed of don't teach that and whatever. 
telling a teacher who knows their students, local or otherwise, and telling them not to teach critical race theory. I don't even know what the heck critical race theory is exactly, but well, I was about it's a relatively new thing, okay. term for me. Well, uh, let's just Google it here, Scott, and let's see if there's a simple definition. Okay. Now, you're saying this is um, happening locally as well? No, it's na it's it's in, it's nationally, but it's maybe happening locally. It probably is, but I heard someone on your radio station, either in the news thing or something, that said, "Well, you know, we have dark moments in our history, but we shouldn't uh, be teaching that children should feel guilty because they're white." I guess it makes no sense to me, but you know, to turn our eyes and ears and hearts against what we actually did in this country, you know, like burning down uh, Greenwood which was like the um, uh, Black Wall Street out there in Oklahoma, burning that down, killing people. We just now discovered, uh, I think, uh, maybe it, it just over the border in Canada, at least two locations where we had something like 200 at one place and 900 in another place where we buried without names Indian children. So we didn't just assault and kill black people. We also did the same thing with Indian people. And we took them out of their environments, took them away from their families because we didn't think that they were uh, human beings. Somehow we were going to make them to be human beings. We put them in American or white clothing type of thing and took them I'm, away. And I'm following where you were at now. So, um, you know, it's just something that, yeah, we have dark moments, but we shouldn't ignore them and pretend we were just pristine, pure people because we weren't. Well, I've never felt that we've been pretending that we didn't We have been pretending. That we mis that we mis did not mistreat? We we in our history books have been pretending that we just we didn't do any of these things. I never heard about, you know, the Greenwood massacres in taking the land and these were white people who actually thought were very jealous of these black people who who actually were quite uh good off on their own. Former slaves, I think, but um, well, I don't know where they, they you them. went to high school, but it was a topic that was uh, openly discussed at my school. Greenwood, not Greenwood, but the concept of of mistreating Indians or all of that sort of thing of of mistreating a race. It wasn't just mistreating; it was annihilating. Yeah, I know. Okay, so um, I used a different word. I can add that to it. We've well, what makes about us that. different than what the Nazis did? And now we have a resurgence of the Nazis in Germany today. And we're just learning about that recently. That this resurgence, it's these white supremacists that are, mm -hmm. you know, causing people who were in the white race be embarrassed that we're part of the right we don't do it you don't do it i don't do it but still we're not we're not telling people if it weren't for uh news on your program and and other programs we would uh we would not learn of these things okay um critical race theory yes okay if you don't mind i'm gonna let you go uh, and thank you very much we'll, we'll bring it up here and thank you scott thank you you bet Bye. okay so <coughs> You've Googled it. Yeah. What's the definition? It is an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States 
who seek to critically examine U.S. law as it intersects with issues of race in the U.S. and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. Give me that last sentence again, the last part. Um, in the U.S. and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. I wish I hadn't put liberal in there because I think of conservative and liberal as political statement, a political um Alliance, okay? Yeah. Um, because now they're saying one more time. Well, now they're saying I think what you're getting at is only one side is to blame for this. So it's an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States who seek to critically examine U.S. law as it intersects with the issues of race in the U.S. and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. Okay. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but speak in plain English. What's your interpretation? <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if I can interpret that. Okay. You know, based based on other than, um, you know, they're trying to see uh, the civil rights scholars and activists, as it says here, trying to see how the law is affecting the issues of race in the United States. according to what this statement says. Well, I'm certainly in... If, if I heard you right, I'm in favor of that. And it's also... I'm in favor of always making sure that we're not... Um, holding one higher than another. Yeah, that it's not lopsided. So anyway, it goes on to say, you know, with it challenging mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice, again, like you mentioned, it has attached a political uh, mm -hmm. connection to it, for lack of a better word. Um, you know, some say it is political, some say it isn't. Critical race theory. I'm going to check it out, see if we can find someone who can um, is an authority in that area. Yeah. And uh, add it to our agendas. Yeah. And, and again, I, I point back to my time at Ohio Athletics when we came from all different backgrounds, mm -hmm. different races, creeds, nationalities, you name it. We could have been the model for uh, cohesiveness and getting along with one another, cooperation, coordination, support, encouragement, enthusiasm for one another. 
supporting one another. Well, not I mean, tearing down. When you say we, you're speaking of not necessarily just Ohio, but you're talking about athletic departments. Well, I'm talking about the Ohio Athletics Department when I was Why there. Why was it so much better than the others? Well, I'm not saying it was. Oh, oh. Because I'm sure that happens in a lot of athletic departments. You, you stre- uh, stretch and strive for a common goal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to do that, you support each other and encourage each other. You know, you go to each other's games. Uh, we as administrators attended the games at athletic events, too, in support of every student athlete, every coach, every administrator. We have another caller. Uh, good morning. Hello? Okay. We had another caller. Oh, okay. I don't know what went wrong. Um, let me unhook that. And... Uh, It was ringing, and then while you were talking, I grabbed the line, but evidently too <clears throat> too late. But I got it this time. Hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning, David. Yes, sir. Um, along that topic, um, I think one of the problems that I see, we all, no matter what our race or color is, uh, we're created equal in God's eyes, and we should be treating each other equal. Mm-hmm. But we should not be made to feel guilty whether our children or grandchildren are taught that or whether we are made to feel that way for what our ancestors have inappropriately done. I am not guilty for mistreating slaves or people of color. I should not be made to feel guilty because of that or demand reparation from me for that. Nor should my children or grandchildren be taught that I, because of I am white, or they, because they are white, are guilty. We are not guilty of mistreatment in the past. Our ancestors were. And guilt is not something that should be taught in the schools. Thank you. Well, you bet. And um, he's got a point there about making uh, people feel guilty. You know, it's... Something, sure. unfortunately, that had happened, but, you know, how how do you throw this guilt on uh, the generation of children and grandchildren that are coming up? We have had, um, I don't know, let's see, 40, no, 35 minutes of a show, and um, some very good topics. Yeah, we've I, not uh, done our normal stuff. And I'll say this too: I've I've heard from uh, those that are of other nationalities, races that agree with that. A few people in my focus group say flinging in guilt on focus group. A few people there have said, you know, there's there's no benefit in flinging guilt around on people it adds no value to the life of individuals uh, as you know our caller mentioned children and grandchildren i have to follow up on a focus group so this focus group uh, focuses on what current events we talk about all kinds of things okay and you know different things going on in the world and i just kind of get the pulse of what they're thinking too without saying one way or the other how long has this been in existence 
Oh, it's it's a couple of years probably. Okay, and it's, just, it... it's not an official group. It's just someone. We, you know, we have a group of acquaintances, and you know, we talk about things. They know I'm on a talk show, on the radio, and we kind of get. Well, I think this is anyway. Oh, it depends on what happens I get during the show. The to call it a talk show or use that term loosely, at times. Well, so anyway, have you? I mean, is there? And, are there groups of focus groups? No, no, no. Okay. No, I think you're delving into it way too, too far. But sounds uh, neat. Yeah. I mean, we we just we text, we email, we talk, things like that. And you know, people say, "How do I get in this group?" Well, people that call in, you're pretty much in that group because you're letting us know your opinions and how you feel about things too. So it's just by, I guess, association. By calling in and and voicing your statements and opinions, you are already a part of it, indirectly. <laughs> Good morning, folks. Um, I've managed to say one out of dozens of things I normally say, and that is today is National Camera Day. What I haven't been able to say yet, and I don't mind at all. Don't don't misunderstand. I'm glad this discussion is going on. National Waffle Iron Day. <laughs> yeah, not the waffle, but the waffle iron. Yeah. <laughs> um, but either would be okay, I guess. National <laughs> Almond Butter Crunch Day. That sounds pretty good. Yep. Now, um, in 1613, the Globe Theater in London... Burned down during a performance of Henry VIII, Shakespeare's uh, glo- famous Globe Theater. Um, let's see here. I see the phone ringing. Okay, lost it. Boy, it doesn't give me very much time to grab them, does it? Or else they gave up early. Anyway, um, in 1900, the Imperial Chinese Court issues what is essentially a declaration of war against the foreigners in China and blames hostilities on them, giving license to boxers for even greater ferocity. Like, are we talking about the athletic event boxing? I guess so. Could could be, yep. So they could maybe uh, even be allowed to injure someone purposely. Yeah, well, if they're talking about ferocity. Yeah. Yep. 1949, South Africa begins implementing the apartheid. And in so doing, no mixed marriages. 1964, Civil Rights Act of 1964 was passed after an 83-day filibuster in our United States Senate. 66, the Vietnam War. U.S. planes bombed the North Vietnamese capital of Hanoi and the port city of Haiphong for the first time. 1966 on this date. Hmm. 
When were you in the service? Um, let me think here. So it was after sixty-eight. Okay, it was after that then. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that's that's enough of that stuff. Oh, oh we got birthdays. Let's see. Okay, Harmon Killebrew. Baseball. Yep. Number three from the Minnesota Twins. It's amazing how you know that stuff. Anyway, he uh, was born in 1936 on this date. He died in 2011. Richard Lewis. Comedian? Yep. 74th birthday today. He's kind of funny. I think so, too. Little Eva, remember her? Yeah. Singer? Do the locomotion. Uh, born on this date in 1943, died in 2003. Everybody's got a brand new dance now. Come on, baby, do the locomotion. She sang that song. Robert Evans. Um, was he a showbiz person? American film producer. Born on this date in 1930, died in 2019. Best known for his work on Rosemary's Baby, Love Story, and The Godfather, and you? also Chinatown. How do you get so prepared today? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready, man. Oh, I guess. I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> Twelve minutes to go today. Uh, let's see. Were Catherine Hepburn alive today... We would be anniversary. That, that makes no sense what I was about to say. She died in 2003 on this date. There we go. She was born, by the way, in 1907. So <coughs> she had a nice long life. Lana Turner died on this date in 1995. She was born in 21. Remember, uh, not that long ago, but now it looks like it was a long time ago, 1989. I thought it was more recent than that. The Tiananmen Square Massacre. Oh, yes. Which was a savage crackdown on student protesters in Beijing. Wow. Okay, so let's set this one aside. Um, okay, this, this is, this is more detailed than I wish it were. <laughs> um, New York Times this morning has an article about different political classifications. And this was done by the Pew uh, Research Center. Which, by most accounts, does some of our country's best polls. And it classifies all Americans as being in one of nine different political groups. The, ca the categories range from core conservatives on the right to solid liberals on the left. 
with a mix of more complicated groups uh, spread throughout the middle. Um, it says among Pew's nine groups, the group that that's furthest to the left, solid liberals it's called, made up 19% of registered voters in 2017. These voters have the views you would expect. For example, strongly favor abortion access, affirmative action, immigration, business regulation, a generous social safety net, and higher taxes on the rich. So, let's see here. Okay, so this is a complicated chart. So you first have um, a column of white. The second column is black. The third are those that hold bachelor's degrees. And the fourth is those who make 75000 annually or higher. So... Why don't these all add up to a hundred? Scott, would you look over my shoulder for a minute? Sure. I want your <clears throat> interpretation of this. Okay, where do you where are you? There. Okay. Um so, solid liberals, right? Yep. Obviously, some did not identify as one or the other. Well, if you add up this way, it's not 100%. If you add up this way, it's not 100%. So what does that mean? Well, it, it, again, so I said they, they may not have identified. Well, you don't get 100 here because these are different categories. So you won't get 100 there. But this one, there are some that chose not to identify. Well, I don't want to mislead our audience either. Yeah. Um, but if I don't understand it, how can I bring it to their attention? our friends out there listening. Um, no, well, anyway, I tell you what. Let's go a different survey, direction. I don't think they, they all add up to 100%. Yeah, but they shouldn't exceed 100%, and all of these do, or nearly. If you, if you go, well, you need to go across and not down to get the numbers. Okay, come back in. Okay. <laughs> if you just take these last two columns... Oh, wait a minute. There's two different ones, two different designations. Okay, this is gender, this is... Um, Degreed and income. Yeah, oh, okay, maybe yeah. I got it now. There you go. 
Boy, that was complex. Okay, so they say the category of solid liberals. 73% of which are white. Only 8% are black. Solid liberals. Now, core conservatives, that's the opposite end of this spectrum. 85% are white, 1% are black. I'm sorry, I still don't get it. I tell you what. I think it's an interesting article. I recommend it to you. If you go to the New York Times website, and um, each day they publish a thing called The Morning. It is the first item showing up in that today. And I'm sorry that I led you on a chase there. But what I'm, what I'm going through here is six pages. They even have another chart I just now discovered, which would confuse it even more. But um, it's interesting to see these uh, descriptions. Yeah, well, they, they have a way of their digging in deeper and deeper and basically getting a, a micromanaging when they break it out like they have. I mean, you could keep going on there to those who respond to that eat sliced bread and those that don't eat sliced bread. I mean, to take it to extremes. But that's how surveys seem to be done a lot more. They're not general surveys. Okay. They're very individualized and I'm going to rapidly change the topic. Okay. We have three minutes left, too not nearly enough to do this but there's been a lot of discussion about college athletes yes and would a college allow some star athlete of theirs to profit from an endorsement yep or other things like that name likeness image yep what do you think of it um i think it was inevitable And I think that they had to do it or else I think you're going to see schools having difficulty uh, recruiting to get kids to come to their school because kids are now saying that we should be compensated for this. Should we make an impact on your football program, your university? And the school turns around and says, yes, but we give you a scholarship valued at, you know, eighty to $100,000 for for uh, four years so i think the ncaa was not going to win that fight and you know it's something that that the amateur status is no longer going to be and that has were, were the taken athletes that away. previously not allowed to do that that's correct they were not okay. otherwise it jeopardized their amateur status i see and their eligibility to play in an NCAA Division One 
two. So Division if so if someone so this this is just take Joe Burrow. So he he became uh, immensely famous uh, down at LSU, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so you buy a, a jersey that says LSU and it has his name on it and his number and all of that. Yep. That was permitted, right? Well, the school profits from that, from the royalties, but not Joe. Oh. So now Joe would be able to profit from that if it was allowed in the state of Louisiana. Could he also have the right to say no? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, he could say it, but, you know, it's the school's property. It wouldn't go one way or the other unless it got into a legal battle, which is now being addressed by this, allowing student-athletes to profit from this. So at the time, the NCAA prohibited that. So the the, the school sells the jerseys or the, the uh, gift shop sells the jersey, and LSU gets the royalties off of that sale. Just like Ohio State jerseys that get sold, Ohio State gets the royalties. The athletic department well, and the, the university. The final thing I have to say is I don't know if you've seen a picture recently of Kim Jong-un. I have not. The guy's getting skinny. Hmm. Really? In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N-S. This is CBS News on the Hour, your home for original reporting. I'm Wendy Gillette. The search continues on day six for anyone still alive amid the rubble of an apartment building in Surfside, Florida, that collapsed Thursday. Two more bodies were found yesterday, bringing the death toll to 11. But there was still hope at a vigil last night. I really believe miracles do happen. CBS's David Begno reports on prior problems in the building. There is concerning new information about possible structural damage. There's an anonymous contractor who shared photos with the Miami Herald. They show a wet floor, cracked concrete, and severely corroded rebar in the building's pool equipment room. And these photos were taken just two days before the building collapsed. That anonymous contractor also reported deep standing water in the parking garage just below the pool deck. The more contagious Delta variant of the coronavirus is spreading around the world. The UK is racing to vaccinate all adults as the Delta variant has driven new COVID cases to more than 20,000 in a day, the highest figure since February. That's even though nearly 62% have been fully vaccinated, slightly more than in the US. But in countries like Russia, and Indonesia, where vaccination rates are much lower, the new strain is blamed for overwhelming hospitals and filling cemeteries. Roxana Saberi reporting. A trial begins today for the man accused of attacking a newspaper building in Annapolis, Maryland in 2019. 